Welcome to On the Spot with Melinda Garvey, the On the Dot interview series where we sit down with some of the most intriguing and interesting women to watch featured in our daily email newsletter and podcast, Four Minutes with On the Dot. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode of On the Spot, available every Thursday on your favorite podcast streaming services. Today, I'm sitting down with Hehe Stewart, the woman behind the maternity concierge doula and birthing service, Tranquility by Hehe. Without further ado, Let's start the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this edition of On the Spot with Melinda Garvey. I'm really excited about our guest today. Her name is Hehe Stewart, and I understand that your real name is Heather. Is that correct? No, it's Haley Elise. Oh, Haley Elise. Somebody told me it was Heather. I was like, okay, Haley Elise. I love that, but Hehe is just like extremely memorable. So Hehe Stewart, and she is a maternity concierge, which for those of you who have been pregnant or are thinking about getting pregnant, I know that I had a baby. I'm thinking, well, I didn't have no maternity maternity concierge, you know, so that sounds pretty darn wonderful. She has a company called Tranquility by Hehe, and we're going to talk to her today just about her company and how she got to where she is today. So welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I um, I really appreciate all of your sweet words and for you taking the time to have me on the show. I love to talk about anything and all the things birth, so thanks. So first of all, can you tell us What does it mean to be a maternity concierge? And I know you do some doula work as well. So can you just sort of tell us for those listeners who who don't know what that is? Exactly. Yeah. So I am with women um, from infertility challenges. So if that's where your journey starts, then I accompany you there. And then if you're able to get pregnant on your own or you hire me during pregnancy, that's where our journey begins together. And I am with you throughout pregnancy birth, postpartum, and up until roughly the first year of your child's life. I hang around, obviously, after that, but I pass you off to other professionals who are better suited to serve you after your first year of your child's life. In that time, I'm helping you know your options. I'm helping you know what to expect. I'm helping you cope with the things that are coming your way since every parenting journey looks very different. I've seen so much, and so it's very rare that something comes my way and I'm caught off guard. Generally, I can help you explore your options. And again, that's from, you know, trying to conceive all the way through having a one-year-old. So that's super helpful. Yeah. And you get a lot of good baby snuggles too. I saw some of the pictures on your website and they're so cute. I get all those baby smooches. So can you tell me how, in terms of being this maternity concierge, how does what you do differ from say being a midwife and sort of what is a doula? I'm like, what are all those steps in between? What are some of the services that, that you actually offer to women? Good question. And this is a question I get all the time. So the number one thing between a midwife and me is that your midwife is a medical professional. They are someone who is responsible for your life at the end of the day. They have had extensive training, much like your OBGYN, except your OB is going to be a surgeon where your midwife is going to practice solely on women's health. So I am not a medical professional. I have a master's in human development and family studies. So I help you more with body stuff, mind stuff, mindset stuff, researching your options. I'm going to continue to come back to knowing your options because you have options in pretty much everything. And I think people get trapped in corners because they don't know their options. That's what I am here for. So midwife and maternity concierge doula, medical professional, not medical professional. 
For the doula piece, I am very different than your average doula. So your average doula is um, going to take a weekend course and they are with you, they generally once or twice in pregnancy and then they're with you throughout your birth and then you get another one or two meetings after your baby gets here and it's really great support. I found that it was hard for me to do that little hands-on work with my clients and so I knew that I had so much more knowledge to offer and that's how I spun up the idea of a maternity concierge. And as I kind of looked over my tool bag, I realized I had an entire spectrum of care I was able to offer. And then throughout just trainings that I've done over the last few years, I've added to that toolbox and it is this very comprehensive spectrum of care. And through that, I've been able to create an approach to birthing. So this is a way to birth. So it would be an approach that you adopt in order to have your baby. Um, And it starts in pregnancy and it continues all the way throughout parenthood. So what we lay the foundation for in pregnancy and birth and that first year will carry you out throughout your children being grown and having their own grandkids, right? So it will carry you throughout. So it's really cool. It's a very neat approach. I also read that you you even help with doing baby registries. For those of you who haven't been through that, or those of you who have and know what I'm talking about, that is the most overwhelming thing. There's so many choices. You don't know. Everybody recommends something different. Truly, I remember just being like, I don't even know what to do. So I think that that, you know, just talking about the stress involved with, you know, preparing for baby. Absolutely. I think that a lot of people don't think about all of the prep work that goes into having a baby and then definitely not after the baby gets here, which is known as the fourth trimester. And so those are big pieces that I focus on a lot. In Boston, we have a lot of high profile, very busy people and and having a baby can't interfere with having your job. And so that piece of the maternity concierge helps women who are very successful in their career maintain that and still have a pleasant motherhood. So it's a win-win. I absolutely love it. It lights me up. (laughs) Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. Well, let's talk a little bit about you because you are a very young woman. Um, I think you told me you're 28, which I think, first of all, is young to be a doula, but also you don't have children. So I'd love for you just to talk about how did you get into this business? Because you were in early childhood education, right? What drew you to this and and what gave you the confidence to take the leap, especially at such a young age to start a business? Absolutely. And this is, again, a question I get all the time. Um, And because of my age and because I don't have children. So my career journey actually started out with children um, on the autism spectrum and uh, had sensory processing disorder. Through this work, I was able to get this foundation of so many things delivering sensitive information, right? So I was delivering things like helping people understand their new diagnosis, helping people understand their choices. So that was another thing, helping people understand their choices. That set me up for doulaing. Helping parents navigate a space that they had never been before, but that was a sensitive one. So you do things all the time that you've never done before. That's growing, that's life, it's being part of human. But there are spaces in life that you navigate that not everybody will be there. And it's very sensitive. And so you kind of look at it as you have one shot, you really want to get this right. When your child gets a diagnosis like autism, you want to get this right the first time. You want to get them help immediately. And so that was my foundation. Then I went on to get my master's and through that I was in an infant classroom and through that I got so much knowledge of infant development and that's where my love 
began for babies. I guess deeper than just me being an obsessed female with children. I've always dreamed of having kids of my own, but my master's really solidified that. And I was able to also get an inside look at families. And when families drop their children off, their brand new babies for childcare that first time, it is a lot of emotion. So a lot of angst. People are anxious because they're leaving their baby with a new stranger. You probably met the teachers. You have toured the center. But at the end of the day, those people are strangers. It is a little bit of guilt of, I'm leaving my new baby with someone. Like, what kind of parent am I? And then it's a little bit of uh, relief, too, of like, thank heavens there's another adult to help me care for this baby because these last six to eight weeks have been really hard and I'm struggling and I just need some normalcy. And for a lot of parents, it's going back to work. And so I saw this and I was like, there's got to be a better way. This is not fun. Why are people not enjoying their newborns? Because they would bring them to school and I would be like, give me the new baby. I can't wait. And these parents were just not there. And it, it felt terrible. I felt horrible being so in love with their new baby and they were feeling a lot of not good, great emotions. Um, so I started looking to that. Then I moved to Boston and I was introduced to the world of doulaing. And you know in life how you can look back and see like very hard left turns from the universe where the universe was like, stop left turn. I don't want you to continue on this path anymore. I had several of those. And then the doula world was the final puzzle piece. And now I feel like a complete hee hee. And I now know what people talk about, like when they say I found what I'm going to do or like why I was put on this earth. That for me was it. And it was a very specific path. Um, but along with an answer, that's how I got to where I am at 28. <laughs> What I think is really, really interesting is you're right that oftentimes we do get these signals and we have these these hard left turns. But I think that more so than not, we don't have the confidence to take that leap. And so we end up staying on a path maybe that we shouldn't be too long or whatever. So I think that's the interesting part is like, just how did you have that knowing and that confidence? I mean, did you, do you have a tribe of people surrounding you that were encouraging you? You know, what's that special sauce? Or you just were born with this amazing confidence? Um, Because I think everybody's looking for like, how do I get that? Like they know it, even if you know it intellectually, to get there emotionally is sometimes a lot harder. Yeah, so that is also um, a big recipe. So I do have a tribe of people. Um, My parents are really great, and my parents are awesome about really supporting it. If I believe that this is right, even if it scares them, because a lot of my ideas, um, I think growing from a child, were scary, I think. I've always been this person that challenged the norm, and I always was that child that, but why? If, if you can't do something, why can't we do it? Is there a way that we could do it? And as a child, adults try and squish that, right? They want a really obedient child. Luckily, there are children like me who that only fuels our fire. So I was obedient and I knew if I could just get out of high school, I could do my own thing. If I could just get to college, I could do my own thing. If I could just quit my job and open up TVH. I could do my own thing. So I've always been that person. But yeah, I did have a tribe. I also did a lot of self work. So 
You want to be filtering what's coming into your field. You want to be reading books like you're a badass. That's a book. That's not just me saying you're a badass. You are a badass. You want to be reading things, watching videos, using mantras. Mantras were huge in my success. Telling myself, I am a badass. I do know what I'm doing. And the people who don't believe in me, it's because they don't know. That is it. They just don't know. They don't see the need that I see, or they don't understand my background, or it just, for some reason, they don't get it. Um, but the people who do get it, they get it. So yeah, filter what comes into your into your field. Make sure that you're believing in yourself. If you don't believe in yourself, nobody else is going to. If you don't believe in your thing that you're selling, in your program, in your product, in your idea, who is going to believe in something that the creator doesn't even believe in. That's right. right. You have to believe in yourself. And then, yeah, find your tribe. Love them hard. It's my whole motto. Life was not meant to be lived alone. So surround yourself <laughs> with the people. You know, do it. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. Great advice. And we're going to get back to some advice in a second. But um, I kind of want to talk to you a little bit more about your business and this philosophy, because I have to say, when I heard your story and that we were going to be doing this interview, I thought, oh, gosh, I was a little like nervous because I had a traditional birth, right? I was the girl who wore the bling t-shirt to the hospital. Not really, but in my head that said epidural now, like, do not forget about me. Do not think by any stretch of the imagination that I do not want this as soon as I can get it. Sometimes I think that I live in Austin, Texas, and there's a lot of, you know, holistic type things here. And I think sometimes you feel like you're a little bit judged if you went mainstream. But I loved when I read on your website, I was like, oh, I love her philosophy because you really believe that it's just whatever is right for you. So I, I would just love to hear your philosophy. Cool. I'll, um, I'll actually explain this by stories. I have two of them that just pop into my head. So I have clients right now who have decided the same thing. Epidural, and then I have one who a scheduled C-section was an option, and she took it. And all of them uh, interviewed me and kind of expressed the same thing, that they were a little nervous to tell me what they've decided, but they really, really wanted me to help them have this baby. And yeah. Cool. You scheduled your C-section. What do you need from me? And she rattled off a whole list of stuff. Just because you choose a birth option that isn't what the people around you want you to do. First of all, listen to that sentence. But is it just because the people around you aren't getting what they want from you in your birth? That doesn't mean that you don't have choices or that you can't take control of your birth. Okay, so number one. Do what you want, still put into place those support people. Story number two, I have a very good friend that had a baby before I was a doula. She's now pregnant again. And she was so nervous, she came to me and said, I just could not imagine changing any piece of my birth, but I really want you to be my doula. But the other doula was perfect for my first birth. Like, I'm so scared, what do I do? I said, why would you ever hire me for your birth if your first birth was perfect? Put those pieces back into place. Do not hire me. You don't have to hire me. That is not what I'm here for. I am here for you to know your options. And I'm here to help step you through any other piece of your birth. But that's what you chose for your birth. And that was perfect for you. Do it again. Why would you hire me? She was like, why do you always have such great answers? It's not that I have great answers. It's just the truth. I do want people to do what is best for you. And there's always room for 
extra support. So you always have room for a doula. It irks me to no end when people are like, oh, I'm having this kind of birth, so I don't need a doula. You are having this kind of birth, but you still have choices and you still need education. And also just because you're having this sort of birth, that's only a certain amount of time. What are you doing before your birth? What are you doing after your birth? If parents don't prepare any before their birth or at their actual birth, I cannot urge you enough to plan for when your baby gets here. It truly is not the same. I mean, you have children. You can just attest. Life is not ever the same. You literally look back and it's like a line in the sand. You didn't have kids, you had kids. It's two different lives. Not that that's a bad thing, but you do need to prepare. So yeah, that, I don't care what you choose. I want you to have the birth of your dreams because like my friend, it is possible. She said her birth was perfect. How many people can say that? Also, if you're sitting out there thinking, that is not me. I'm sorry. I'm sad for you, but it is possible. You can do it. It's possible for everybody. And I won't stop talking about it until women are either having their perfect ideal birth or they're intentionally choosing not to. And I don't care either one, but those are, I won't stop until. Well, and I think that there's a bigger message here that goes just, you know, certainly goes out into you know, being your own healthcare advocate. So on a broader scale, but even in everything in life, I think this is a really good lesson because I felt like I might be judge. And, but I think what's important is really knowing that your options aren't limited and that, you know, yes, to advocate for yourself. And I think this can go beyond into any category really, but certainly in the medical field, being your own advocate or having somebody who's advocating for you and really um, understanding that. Because I can tell you, I would have loved to have had <laughs> some services like this and just even having somebody there just to support you and know what's coming because I will say that the one thing that the hospitals aren't great about you know your doctor flashes in and flashes out then you're like okay so oh what does this mean or I'm doing a feeling this what does this mean there's a lot of unknown so I think that that's a really cool thing about closing that gap so thank you for that I think that you're feeling that feeling of Ew, what will people think because there is this disgusting stigma around birth that your birth is there to please other people and that's just not the case if you had births that were good with you then that is all that matters if you didn't have a birth that's good with you let's chat we can get you to a place where you're good with that birth or at least you understand why that happened to you and that's kind of all that you can ask for in that situation I'm sorry that you're feeling that it's a really yucky <laughs> feeling that society puts on us and so I'm hoping to with this work really destigmatize that it's not fair your birth is not there to please anybody else at all and then to touch on the advocacy I like how you said it's never too late. One thing I always like to tell people is it's never too late to get extra support or to change doctors. I've been hired past people's due date before um, and the baby came the day I was hired. So it's, it's like the baby just needed that extra assurance. And then if you're not feeling heard by your doctor, look at your options. You always have options. That's right. Now that's awesome. But let's talk about the actual running of the business side, you know, being an entrepreneur, payroll, all the, I mean, just the challenges of that. So can you kind of talk about, you know, maybe some of your challenges, you know, and actually putting a business together and, and how you overcame those challenges? Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> Being an entrepreneur is, uh, 
the hardest thing I've ever done, I think, in my life. It has been a very trying road. So I first opened TBH when I was still working at a local university, and I was doing both jobs, and it was very challenging, but I wasn't ready to make the leap. And then I did make the leap, and it has been a whirlwind, but so much better after I was doing TBH full-time, running the business every day. I have a team of people that help me. I rarely do anything by myself, so I have people who help me on social media. I have people who help me manage my calendar. I have people who help me manage clients and all the people that I serve. Um, So there's always a team behind all the things that you see. I could not do it by myself payroll. I just, I just do payroll. I just do it myself. Good thing for me is I don't have a huge team. So it takes me maybe an hour to do it. It's not hard at all. As far as being an entrepreneur and that journey, you know, you're never going to please everybody. So you need to find your core values. And that is where I started. So I started in my why, why was I building this company, this business, this birthing service? What gaps did I see not only in healthcare, but in women's health, in just women's life, parenthood, motherhood, early childhood. How could I fit that into this service? Um, And that kind of branched off into the tree of TBH. So my roots were built and then my like branches and trunk were built. And then I started to fill in the pieces and I consider my team like the leaves and stuff because honestly, if I didn't have them, I would look like a dead tree. It would be a naked tree. Um, TVH would not be what it was. So yeah, you're not going to please everybody. People are going to be mean too. Um, I was bullied by someone here in Boston in the birth world. It was sad because it was a display of very low emotional intelligence, but also um, not the understanding of community over competition. And it's going to happen. People are not always going to love your ideas. And so to make sure that you have those roots and that strong, solid trunk so that when people are ugly about your stuff, you can say, I get it, but you must not be fit to be in my village because... I know where I'm going and I know that this is a good idea and I'm here to stay. No, but I love the way you can say, you know, everybody's not always going to have your back. And I think that sometimes you can hear a hundred voices that are encouraging you and just one voice that discourages that voice is so much louder sometimes. And we have to control that volume. We have to say, nope, I'm going to turn it down. And it has to be this physical thing that we do and we turn it off and you're not worthy to be in my tribe. You're not worthy to be in my village. I love that. I also learned that people who are ugly on the outside, if you don't have that internal voice being ugly to you already, they can create it, right? Mm -hmm. So if you let them get into your head, you will have people on the outside being not nice. You'll also have someone in here being like, well, maybe they're right. Well, they won't go away. So maybe your stuff is garbage. Well... I don't know. You don't have any clients this month. Maybe you're not that great of uh, whatever your title is. My best friend has a saying. So just to be clear, you're letting them live rent free in your head. I was like, oh, okay, you're right. You're right. And speaking of advice, let's, I would love to just close with, we're always looking for advice from great women leaders. What, what's sort of that one nugget that you are always telling people? Everything I say is be intentional. Um, be intentional about everything though. So. Think about your choices. So when you let go of the intentionality in your life, you're letting go of the control. You're putting that power into someone else's hands. If you're comfortable doing that, go for it 100%. But don't ever forget 
it's never too late to pull that power back in and say, actually, I want to explore my choices here. I want to see. Be intentional. It's never too late to change your mind. You can always change your mind. Be intentional. Listen to your gut and do your work because you get to control your life in way more ways than a lot of people realize. And it starts with intention. So be intentional. I'm going to give our listeners one more piece of advice that I actually read from an interview that you did, and I loved it. And it was, do no harm, take no shit, and always be kind. I was like, that's my new motto. I love it. I love that. And I love that that you added the always be kind part, because I think that, you know, especially with where we are as women right now and in this movement, that we have to, even if you don't feel kind, even if someone's not being kind to you, we have to. The only way we're going to move ahead is together. Exactly. That first part is um, is actually from January Harshi. And I added that be kind part because you're exactly right. We're at a pivotal place. And so we will never, ever make it anywhere as women if we don't stop karate chopping each other in the throat. We have to hold hands and walk as a united front. So be kind, you guys. You never know what someone is struggling with. And people who lash out, honestly, they need that hug more than anybody. It's hard. It's so hard. It's easy when it's virtually. Send them a little message that says, thinking about you, I see you're hurting, big hugs, and then block them. They need it and you can do it and then you can release it. It's harder when it's in person, but they need it. They need it so bad. Well, that's great advice. And he, thank you so much for being with us today. I love everything that you're doing and just the message that you're sending and your philosophy. And you obviously, you live and breathe this and it's just really joyful to see someone, especially someone so young who is focused and really knows what she wants to her core. And I think that you can be a real beacon for all women, certainly, but especially for young women that maybe are seeking right now, that are struggling a little bit, that just to keep pushing to find their dreams and to hold them as passionately as you do. So congratulations on your success. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Your words are too sweet. (laughs) We will make sure that all the links attached to this podcast and we will be watching to see what you do next. Thank you. Thanks for having me, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Looking for more inspiration, advice, and direction? Subscribe to our daily email newsletter and podcast, Four Minutes with On The Dot, where we provide you with the tools and motivation you need to get out there and be the badass boss you were meant to be. Tune in to next week's episode when we sit down with Andrea Dinnick, the founder and CEO of DeSavory. Share On The Dot with your tribe. Like, subscribe, and share onthedotwoman.com, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play Music, or wherever you stream your favorite pods.